Hello, uh, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and I'm talking today with Imogen Ragone, who is an Alexander Technique teacher and website designer in Wilmington, Delaware. And the, our topic is going to be the Alexander Technique and the Scientific Method. And for this uh, podcast, uh, Imogen's going to interview me. So, Imogen, I'm going to turn it over to you. Hey, thank you, Robert. Very interesting topic. Well, well thank you so for, for volunteering <laughs> to, uh, well. to do the interview. Okay. Yes. <laughs> How much choice I had, I'm not sure. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so let's just start off with the kind of two basic questions. The first being, what is the Alexander Technique? Just a very brief uh, definition or description would be helpful. Sure. I, I, would, I would define the Alexander Technique as a way of learning how to use, to physically employ ourselves, as it were, in doing the things we do through life based, uh, that takes advantage of our basic structure and takes advantage of the various forces that operate on us on planet Earth. For example, gravity, support, atmospheric pressure, that sort of thing. So how, okay. how can we use our bodies, our body minds, if you like, as efficiently as, and as effectively as possible in doing whatever we've chosen to do? Okay, great. And so that's the Alexander Technique. What is, or can you describe what the scientific method is? Right. Now, that's going to yeah. be a little trickier. <laughs> the um, There is actually no one totally agreed upon definition of it or description of it, but I want to read a short dictionary uh, a definition that I pulled off the internet that I think captures the basic idea. Uh, that is, I'm quoting, a, a method of procedure that has characterized natural science since the 17th century, consisting in systematic observation, measurement, and experiment, and the formulation, testing, and modification of hypotheses. Mm -hmm. And it's not a bad definition. Um, it's really saying if you're going to investigate something, you, you want to find out how something works or what the effect of one thing on something else is, uh, it, it's really good to be as objective as possible. Right. So, uh, and I think, I don't know in England, but in America, we learned about this idealized version in high school science classes did you did you well, encounter I, I, that well i remember in science classes at school we had a very particular way we had to write up our science and it started with equipment hypotheses equipment equipment method um, I don't know. There was all. It was a very. And it, I'm thinking it was as maybe a simplified form of. Mm -hmm. Well, that uh, that is that the scientific is, yeah. method. You know, right. ending with conclusion. <laughs> so, right, and the yeah. the idea is that the conclusion should be based on objective uh, right. measurements, and um, 
the and and the scientific method is is it really permeates all of all of uh, science certainly the hard sciences mm-hmm. uh, very much to this day. Now it is a somewhat idealized view, and in the last few years, some scientists have said, and there has been some evidence for the idea that sometimes the scientists may think they're being objective, but they unconsciously allow their biases to creep in. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you're measuring something and there's a lot of different readings and you're kind of doing a trend line of some kind, you might even quite unconsciously knock off some of those measurements that seem to go against what you would think is probably the right answer. And there's some evidence that that happens sometimes in science. Okay. But um, it's it, so that's one thing. And the other possibility is um, a scientist actually fabricating data. And we have had some examples of that. And when it is exposed, it's seen as a very, very bad thing to have done. And it's well, a great, yes. it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a great way to lose your tenured, uh, you know, your your status sure. in the uh, in, in the scientific world. You can get kicked out of your job, and um, it's it's not a good thing. And there have been a few well publicized cases of that over the years um w- one of the reasons why that can be exposed so easily today is that when someone does publish results of an experiment it's out there for everyone to instantly try themselves and if a lot of people have trouble replicating it then right. then questions are, are asked mm-hmm. um that unconscious uh science that unconscious bias um can take a lot of forms i mentioned you know knocking yeah. outliers uh mm-hmm. out but there's an interesting it's this is a little off topic but mm-hmm. i do think it's kind of an interesting example of an early version of that there was some guy in the 19th century who wanted to wanted to measure people's intelligence by his theory was brain size was the thing to measure and the way to measure it was to get skulls and fill them full of buckshot and then the ones that you put got more buckshot in those were the smarter people right and he he was interested in particular in blacks versus whites Oh dear. Yeah, and um, he came up with the conclusion that that blacks had smaller brains, therefore less less intelligent. Uh, apart from the problem of brain size being the measure, uh, there was another another thing that went on is that when he would was putting the buckshot in the white skulls, he would tamp it down a little more. Uh, and we, and the reason we know that is that we have the actual skulls that he used, uh, and the, the the experiment was replicated, and and there was no difference. It, it, this is in recent, course. you know, yeah, last yeah, ten yeah, or yeah. ten or fifteen years. So that kind of thing can happen, mm-hmm. um, but generally speaking, the scientific method uh, is is. Um, 
considered pretty sacrosanct, if, right. that's, if that's the right word in science. So kind of like the gold standard? For, it really is the gold the standard. And, and I, I should say here, sort of full disclosure, at one in a distant past, I myself was a scientist who was doing experiments mm-hmm. uh, that... Obviously, and using the scientific method, presumably. Using the scientific method, yeah. yeah. Yes, but those uh, days yeah. are, are long, are long past. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, in terms of our kind of discussion today, mm-hmm. did Alexander, the founder of what we know as the Alexander Technique today, did he actively use the scientific method um, to make his discoveries? What do you think about I that? Think, I think the answer is basically yes. Um, I think his uh, use of mirrors, I think we, you have to understand the situation that he was up against. He um, uh, had trouble with his voice. He decided to check it out for himself uh, to see what was going on and use mirrors. And what he what he you could say he discovered was that there were three things. There was what he thought he was doing, there was what he felt he was doing, and what he saw that he was doing mm-hmm. in the mirror. And I think I think he was correct in making the assumption that what he saw was not conditioned by previous experience and was probably the more accurate one. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, absolutely, I think he was using the scientific uh, method. And um, he was following the kind of procedural... Well, um, I don't <laughs> think he was following... Well, he was. He was testing hypotheses, for mm-hmm. sure. And, yeah. in fact, if you if you read that uh, the, the famous chapter, Evolution of a Technique, the first chapter in use of the self uh, there is a sentence in there which Marjorie Barstow used to always say was the most important sentence which is something to the effect there's not space here to to, to cover all the things I tried that didn't work uh-huh. right. but he does give some examples of things that didn't work so well or worked a little bit clearly he was experimenting I don't mm-hmm. I Probably he wasn't explicitly aware of the, quote, scientific method Mm -hmm. that we've been discussing, but I think in essence he was. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, we have to also understand that his account in um, Use of the Self is not, probably not an accurate account. account of what actually went on in the sense that things didn't proceed exactly as he as he put him, put them there so um, can you are you saying sort of the essence is what happened but the way it's organized for writing in the book is maybe a bit more right well uh, yes or, and, or more than that yes <laughs> it, i think i i think uh, uh, there's an alexander teacher uh, neville short who's a alexander teacher in glasgow and i think his take on it is really interesting mm-hmm. that 
Yeah, probably not not accurate in terms of the exact sequence that happened at the time, mm -hmm. but that when Alexander was writing about it in the early 30s, I guess for use mm -hmm. of the self, it was what he wanted people to what he wanted to be out there as a, a good methodology and right. and in a very broad sense the methodology he used but he he sort of i think edited things to mm -hmm. make it fit in more with the method and in fact i i should have mentioned this earlier um uh, John Dewey, who was one of his famous mm -hmm. students, yes. uh, I'm going to I'm going to just pair I'm going to just pull out a couple of phrases from his discussion of Alexander's method that originally he put in in the preface to uh, or introduction to uh, constructive conscious mm -hmm. control, but then repeated some of it for use of itself. And I'll just give some of a couple of phrases he uses. Mr. Alexander's teaching is scientific in the strictest sense of the word, and then Mr. Alec the plan of Mr. Alexander's satisfies the most exacting demands of scientific method. Mm. And I think a key word there is the word plan. I think I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Dewey and Alexander were talking about this. And Alexander said, well, you know, um, Dewey said, well, you know, there is this thing called the scientific method. And it would, might make your case stronger if you presented your discovery in accordance with in that. Those terms, I'm just speculating yeah. here. But um, I think in essence, that was a procedure that was a procedure that he wanted people to understand and that he wanted in a way to be an underlying basis of yeah how the work was taught and um so i would say yes he he did Good. He, he did um but we have to take some of the details with a grain of salt because unlike scientists today who, when they publish their studies, publish, you know, everything meticulously. Mm -hmm. I did this and this, and when I changed this, I did, you know, really specific. And uh, it's it's put out in a way, it's not supposed to be what happened, what they wanted to write after it happened. It's supposed to right. be what actually yeah. happened. He, he didn't actually... Yeah. Uh, he didn't like, fulfill Like we did doing our lab reports at school. He wasn't noting the data and no, putting it no. as he did it. That Yeah. On, on in, the other in, hand... In that sort of way. Right. Most. But on the other hand, we do have to cut him some slack because... When he was actually doing all this stuff, he had no idea that was going to be an Alexander technique. Exactly, exactly. So no, I think I'm, I'm prepared to cut him a, a yeah. lot of slack on that. I think he was essentially following the protocols of the scientific method as as well as he could under the circumstances. Uh, you know, given given what he what he knew. And what he had access to in terms of measuring devices, I think he did pretty well. He certainly did. He certainly <laughs> so, did. We uh, all owe him a great deal. Indeed. Um, 
he clearly uh, was influenced by other people. I think that's pretty clear now. We also know that it, this, the working out this procedure he's talking about and taking it into teaching or to using it for his own self in teaching did not take the nine or ten years that some t teachers like to put on their websites. We're talking about somewhere between a year and a half and two years maybe um, in terms of time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think he was That's using the still quite a long time to be it's a long time. working on watching yourself and yes, yeah. experimenting. Absolutely. So for this interview, I know you've got some more things that we're going to talk about in mm -hmm. the kind of second interview on yep. this subject, but is there anything else you'd like to mention in relation to this first interview on Alexander Technique and the Scientific Method? No, I think that I think we've covered what I wanted to talk about as far as FM himself. Okay. And then part two of this, uh, the next our next podcast will be bringing this into today's world and yeah. asking about the scientific method and is it being applied in Alexander teaching today? Yeah. So come back soon for come, part two absolutely right? part two yeah. and okay. uh, so uh, I'll just uh, close this out by saying that my guest and interviewee today, interviewer today has been Imogen Ragone an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington and website designer in Wilmington Delaware and I'll put a link to her site by this interview. I'll also put a link to a site that will tell you how to find an Alexander teacher and pretty much anything you ever wanted to know about the Alexander technique. So uh, Imogen, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. It's very interesting.